Guys, today on the Game Time Guru podcast, I'm bringing on an expert in the SIC, the Southern Idaho Conference of Basketball here in Idaho. His name's Coach AJ. I came in contact with this guy because I followed his Instagram page. I noticed what he was doing was, was pretty special. He's making some noise over in his Instagram page last year, and I was able to follow high school basketball more in depth because of him. So now we get to join forces on the show. This is the Game Time Guru. So what time is it? Game Time boost. This is the Game Time Guru podcast, where I interview sports figures from all over the world to help deliver a panoramic view on sports. So whether you're a former athlete, one of the crazies, or simply a casual sports fan, this is the perfect show for you as we peel back the curtains and learn from our guests every single week. I'm your host, Shane Larson, and I'm helping you see sports through a different lens. What's up, everybody? Welcome back out to the Game Time Guru Podcast. As you guys know by now, it's almost been four years running. My name is Shane Larson, host of the show. Excited to be here with you guys yet again with another amazing guest to talk about uh, some sports topics today. Got to give a massive shout out to my sponsors over at 208 Printing. These guys get the job done. They're local here in the Valley. So if you guys are listening and you're from the Treasure Valley, even if you're not, these guys can get all your, your printing done, embroidery, anything like that. They get all my swag finished. So make sure to go check them out, madeby208.com. Uh, you can follow them on social media. I'll put it here in the description, 208 Printing. They are the reason the show runs the way that it runs. So I got to give a massive shout out to them. So we need to uh, introduce our guest here today. And, and before I do so, I'll, I'll tell you guys how I even came in contact with this guy. See, I was following some social media feeds. I think it was like the last year. And I noticed there was this, this, this Instagram page that came up for EBC basketball. And I'm like, what is this? I don't even know this guy. I, I, he looks familiar, but I don't know him, but maybe it's just through social media. And I'm like, he keeps on all of his stories. I would see like behind the scenes stuff at the games. Like he's at these games and he's given updates, live updates of these games. And he would talk about the players. And I'm like, Dude, this is dope. I'm getting like crazy good information about all of this. And, and, and I was like, I'm getting like in-depth info on the local high school players and teams from all around in the Southern Idaho Conference. I love this. I, I love it. So what I did is I started following him and uh, just kind of made the connection through social media. And then lo and behold, about a year, year and a half later, I'm actually being able to, to have him on my shows. His name is AJ Niebergall. We're going to call him Coach AJ. AJ, thanks so much for joining the show, man. No, nah, thanks for having me, man. I'm excited. I appreciate it. Absolutely, brother. So, Coach AJ, let's let's get a little bit of a background about who you are. We'll talk a little bit more about what you're doing with social media, but we want to know you. This is the whole point of bringing you on the show is getting to know you. So, you know, uh, where are you from and what's your sports background? Oh, man. So I'm from Portland, Oregon, born and raised. Uh, man, went to LaSalle High School for two years, Oregon City High School. Um, played some college basketball and some college baseball. Um, ended up walking on, uh, I, I went to Cal Lutheran to play basketball for a year, then ended up walking on at Oregon State for a year. Um, didn't, didn't get the chance to really play or anything, but got to have that experience, kind of reached a goal of mine. Um, so that was a big moment for me. Um, and then, you know, life happened. A lot of things changed. Um, I won't get too much into that, but, uh, you know, stopped playing basketball for a while. I had a bad stress fracture injury in my left foot. And then ended up playing uh, college baseball a couple years later um, when I decided to go to a, a smaller school just to kind of get school done. So I went and played some college baseball, met my wife, and uh, and and the rest is history. But I was a, I was a football, baseball, basketball guy. Um, 
family didn't let me play uh, football in high school. My dad was a college football player. I was a quarterback, you know, all growing up. And uh, dad was a college football player at Linfield University in uh, in Oregon. And uh, he dealt with some injuries and stuff. So he didn't let me end up playing uh, high school football. But So I was a big, big baseball, basketball guy. Baseball is probably my best sport. Had a couple uncles that, uh, that played some major league baseball. So I was around the sport, you know, my entire life. Um, but I love basketball, man. I was passionate about it. I love the pace. I love the ability to be creative, all that type of stuff. So, yeah, I, I had a successful high school basketball career, played four years varsity, two at LaSalle, then transferred to Oregon City, got to play at University of Oregon, Oregon State, and uh, in some state tournaments, um, you know, set a couple of assist records uh, at Oregon City, and then, you know, had a chance to play college ball and, uh, you know, then played some baseball, which was, was crazy because I, I stopped playing baseball my junior year of high school when I transferred. I just wanted to get locked in on basketball, um, but basketball ended up kind of being taken away uh, middle of college. So uh, I ended up getting a chance to play baseball again, and it led me to my wife. So I'm happy about it. <laughs> Dude, that's actually a really cool story. And, and you know, I was yeah. I was listening to the interview you did with the the boys over at Meridian High. They got their own show. Shout out to them. Those guys are awesome. They they uh they've put something together. It's something I wish I would have done when I was in high school if we had the ability to do so. I most certainly would have. I think what they're doing is fantastic and rad. But I did hear some of the stuff you were saying about the the style of basketball player that you were. But I want to before we get to that what you just said kind of like sparked something in my, my mind, the fact that you were a multi-sport athlete um, playing all sports. And then kind of like, you know, as you got older football kind of fell uh, to the side, cause parents didn't want you to do that. And then, you know, you focus on two and then eventually it was one. We've had this discussion on my show before uh, AJ in regards to multi-sport athletes and when people feel like they should probably focus in on one. What are your thoughts there in today's society where club basketball, which we'll get into as well here is so, like club sports are huge for the development of players. And so is it, do you see the importance of multi, multi-sport athletes now the same as it was back then, even 10, 15 years ago? Uh, or what are your thoughts on that overall? Yeah, man, this is a conversation I've had with, uh, with multiple people. Um, you know, I think it's, I think it's important to kids, you know, kids play the sports they want to play. Um, and if that, if that means multiple sports, I, I say do it. Uh, you know, it's such a rarity to be a professional athlete. Uh, enjoy yourself. Go play. Go do it. But, you know, a lot of kids play because their parents want them to play or because their dad are because uh, their dad played and he was a football player. So I got to play football. Uh, I just I think kids I, I think it's important if you if you want to try multiple sports, you should definitely do it. Um, it can be beneficial. You know, if you're if you love football, but you enjoy basketball, I play as long as you can. Right. Some kids I understand want to, you know, focus in like I ended up doing. I just, the desire for me for baseball just kind of just left. And all I wanted to do was, was, was hoop. And so, you know, I coach a lot of kids that are like, hey, coach, you know, I can't make it to practice because it's, you know, it's football season. Like we, we started club ball recently and I got, I got football kids and, and, and soccer kids. And they're like, hey, I got to do this. I said, hey, you prioritize that during the season. I'm all about multi-sport athletes. I'm good with that. Um, do I think it's important? Yeah, I, I think I think there's enough benefits to it. Um, I mean, it, and I think every athlete's different. I I think it depends on how you go about it, how you view it, totally. um, how you take advantage of it. Um, but yeah, I I uh, I recommend it. I recommend kids playing multiple sports, enjoying themselves, because 
when it really comes down to it for me, and, and as we talk, you'll, you'll get to know me a little more. It's, it's really about relationships, man. It's about getting to know people. It's about, I mean, I, that's what I feel life is about. It's about relationships. It's about people. It's about experiences. So playing multiple sports, you're just going to build more relationships. You're going to have more, you know, great experiences, hopefully. Um, and so I, I, I push multiple sports. Absolutely. But if a kid has a passion, he's like, Hey, this is my goal. I want to be, you know, a college basketball player. I want to put everything into it. Um, then that that's kind of a different conversation. Yeah. And, you know, if kids are like, Hey, I love, I love basketball. I love baseball. I want to play in both. Well, do you want to play in college? Well, I don't know. Then yeah, play both. But if, you know, I've, I've got some kids, there's a kid that comes to mind. His name's Russell Gibson. He's over at Wasatch now, but he came to me a couple of years ago and he's like, I don't want to do anything except play basketball. I don't want to play this. I don't want to do tennis. I don't want to, I was like, Hey, that's a conversation that we'll sit down and talk to your parents you get locked in. This is what it's going to take. This is what it looks like. Can you commit to that? Cause I don't think a lot of these kids really understand, Hey, I want to play division one basketball. I want to play division two, division three basketball. What comes with that? Uh, it's a, it's a full-time job. It's a commitment. You know what I mean? And you know, with video games and, you know, social media and everything like that, all these distractions, it's, it's really tough to get locked in and commit yourself. And so that's why it's so great to see, you know, some of the trainers out here, you know, Leon Williams, you know, uh, Keyshawn Liggins, all the guys over at T3, guys at HSB and whatnot. Um, they're fully committed to these kids who want to be committed. And that, I think, is starting to, you know, slowly make an impact out here because a lot of kids are seeing, you know, uh, um, their their peers getting posted online, working out at 5 a.m. And they're like, oh, man, I got to get on it then. Yeah, And so I, I think it's slowly starting to uh, take the effect that I hope it's going to take. And it's that these kids push each other, push each other. And then, you know, the talent will become better and, and whatnot. And I, I think I think we're on our way slowly but surely. But, yes, to answer your question, I, I apologize for rambling. Okay. But, um, but, yeah, I think I think it's important if you want to do it. But I also totally respect and understand uh, and can identify with when you want to just fully commit to one if you For have sure. a goal so oh. it's relative to the situation and to the kid that the actual athlete and what their ultimate goals are I, th I think i totally agree with you on in that regard um there there are some regrets i have from not like continuing on with football i was i was in a similar situation i, I played football basketball and boxing i was a, a boxer obviously boxing wasn't a school sport i fought for golden gloves but the thing was is like as i got into high school i made the decision not to play football anymore and I kind of regretted that a little bit. I focused only on basketball. Um, I was always better at football than I was at basketball. There's a lot of conversations around that, but I just, my passion was in basketball and boxing and that's what I loved. And so I kind of stuck with those. Um, I wish I would have continued to play, but again, I had to think it to myself, like what would be my next goal? Like I'm grateful for, for what I did, but I saw a lot of kids that, um, you know, they wanted to play at the next level. So they focused only on football and they made it to the next level. So it really just depends on the school or sorry, on the, on the athlete themselves. Now, AJ, you talked about your, your yourself as an athlete, you know, you had a lot of experience. I mean, obviously at the collegiate level, you know, playing four years varsity, going to the collegiate level and, and being able to play, but what kind of basketball player were you, you said you're talking about assist records. Who did you mimic your game? after? <laughs> did you have somebody that you wanted to like, who did you look up to? Was it, <laughs> who was it? Talk to me, talk to me. <laughs> white, white chocolate, bro. Yeah. White chocolate. yeah. Jay will in the up, house, man. <laughs> yeah. Jay will. I like the flair and the flash and the creativity and, going out there and just making people, you know, ooh and ah and 
and just having fun with the game, you know, and, and that's why I love basketball. And we preach to our players, hey, take risks, be creative, you know, find different ways to make plays. And, and man, when he when he came on the scene, it was he was something he just And so, you know, I was always number 55, uh, you know, and so it's he he was he was he was a guy I love watching. But yeah, um, I was a pass first, you know, point guard. I had the I've I had that sixth sense um, kind of I was, had the ability to kind of see things uh, happen before they happen. Um, I knew what was developing before everybody else was. Um, I knew where guys were going to be before they knew they were going to be there. And so I just, I was able to set guys up. Um, as a freshman, I was the sixth man on my varsity team. We were ranked you know, top three in the state. And um, I ended up uh, setting the state. The, at, so at that time, it only went up to 4A. And I, we, I was playing 3A. And I set the state tournament assist record in four games. Uh, I, I had 30 assists. And then the following year, uh, Luke Jackson, who ended up playing at University of Oregon, went and played for the Cleveland Cavaliers and whatnot. He ended up beating that record. And now it's much more than 30. But um, but yeah, so that was that was uh, something I did. And then I went to Oregon City High School um, and I set a single season assist records there. And, uh, just, yeah, I love making plays for other guys, man. I, I love, I love getting other guys off. And, um, I, I had the ability at times to dominate a game without even having to score a basket. And, and, uh, and I, I love that because it was so different and it was so, you know, unexpected and people just that you had to game plan for me and I didn't need to score a basket, but you know, my averages were my junior year, uh, we had a, bad injury to our top score start of the year. I ended up averaging, having to score more. So I averaged 14 and I think eight my junior year. And then I ended up averaging 11 and nine my senior year. And we ended up winning the league for the first time in 25 years. We beat Kevin Love and his boys uh, over at Lake Oswego. And uh, and then we went to the state tournament and got upset in the first round. So I don't need to talk about uh, that. But uh, yeah, I was, I was a, pa I'm a pass first point guard who I, I can shoot it a little bit. If, I'm I'm kind of a streaky shooter. If I get going, I mean, my high in high school was 35. Um, I can get going, um, but I'd rather have 15 assists than 40 points any any day of the week. That's so awesome, dude. And you're name dropping, you know, white chocolate for the younger generation out there that, you know, you guys might not have been blessed to be able to watch that, but he was truly like remarkable. The, the, the infamous behind the back elbow pass, you know, just like everything that he did. It's just, it was insane. And it was, it was so much fun to watch the creativity. It's cool that you mimicked your game after it, man. It's uh, that's a cool way to be. I, I had interviewed a guy on the show. His name was Tamir Goodman. It is Tamir Goodman. Sorry, not was. Uh, his name's Tamir Goodman. He was known as the Jewish Jordan in the late '90s, and uh, Tamir was talking about that too. Like he had dyslexia and he battled with that, but when he was on the court, it allowed him to see things differently, and he was able to be super creative. So when you're talking about that stuff, sometimes like point guards, like pass first players they see things so much differently. It's, it's like you, the, the court opens up differently. You can see things like LeBron will talk about all the time. He'll see things two, two steps ahead. Like before the, the players get to their positions, he knows what's going to happen two steps ahead. And so it's just kind of cool. What are your thoughts on LeBron's game? Like, are you, I don't, I don't care if you're a LeBron fan. Do you, do you like his game though? Do you respect his game as one of the elite players in, in the history of basketball uh, when he's not necessarily a, quote unquote score first player he's more of a you know he he looks to get his teammates involved first similar to like what you were saying 
Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'll definitely touch on that. I, I'm a Portland Trailblazer fan, so it's tough to talk about any Laker. Um, <laughs> I, I'm a. I think Michael Jordan is is the goat. I'm gonna throw that out there before I I, I go here. LeBron is my age. I actually had a. Uh, I was a game away in a Vegas tournament um, when I was in high school pl- uh, to playing against LeBron's team, but we we ended up losing and they won, so we we didn't get to play him. But I, I, so I'm in the same age as him. I've watched him through high school. We were in the same tournaments together and stuff. But what LeBron James uh, has the ability to do um, w- with passing the basketball and making everybody around him better, um, he's the same type of, it's the same type of thing. Like when I watched him in high school and I told this story to the off the rip guys, um, is that I went and watched him play and the dude had four points in the game, but I think he ended up with 18 assists um, and he would cross half court and just wait for the double team. And then he, he was so big and strong. He's just throwing no look passes, finding open shooters. They put the right guys around him who can move without the ball and, and understand how to do all that. And he, he, the, the dude dominated the game. He was the best player in the gym by far. And he, he had four points in the game. And I was like, this dude is different. And it, it comes down to IQ. And my favorite players are, are guys like LeBron James. Like I said, he's a Laker. So I'm not even going to go there. I can't stand him now. But uh, but he, he uh, guys like him and Steve Nash, Jason Kidd, guys like that, who their IQ and what's going on up here is dominating everybody else on the floor. And most of these other guys don't even realize it, but it's what's going on up here. Um, the IQ aspect of it is that's, those are my favorite players. I have a tough time with guys like Russell Westbrook and you know, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant, kind of his game where it's just volume scores guys that have to shoot a lot, to score a lot, you know, and guys who, and I understand those guys are both generational talent, but I, I just, I love guys like LeBron who they look to make the right play instead of just get theirs and get their shot up. It's just, it's kind of that selfless basketball. And, you know, not that these other guys are because Westbrook averaged a triple double, I mean, right. but, but he doesn't have that, that kind of that sixth sense of, you know, seeing what happens before it happens and, and being able to get guys open with his eyes and get guys open with his mouth, you know, and, and, and I won't go too much in depth with that, but, you know, LeBron's the type of guy that will tell a guy, Hey, come get the ball. And the guy understands that that means, Hey, back door. And so he understands that the defender, if LeBron says, Hey, come get it. The defender is thinking, Oh, the guy's going to pop. I need to deny but his teammate already knows, oh, he wants me to back door. It's just using his mouth to misdirect the defense. I mean, that is so advanced. And I try to teach, I try to teach my kids that, like, yo, get each other open with your mouth. Like, understand that what you say, the defender is going to process, and you can do the opposite, and it makes the game easier. And LeBron James is better than that anybody in the league. And that's why he is who he is. And, and you know, that whole MJ-LeBron debate, I think LeBron is just – Magic Johnson on steroids. I don't think you, I think Kobe was more like Mike, but Michael's mental. That's why he's a goat for me. He was just completely different in that aspect, like nothing I've ever seen. And LeBron, you know, the way he can make plays at his size and his understanding and his IQ, being the type of athlete he is, is otherworldly. So, 
For sure, man. And I, I love the whole discussion. Like it's something I like I've never touched base on is getting people open with your mouth, things you say. That's super, super impactful. He does that all the time. And it's like an underrated part of the game. Like no one talks about that. I think you're the first person I've ever heard talk about that openly, like about like that's one of the strengths to his game. And I also do appreciate like his efficiency. Um scoring like he's not a like he can go off he can get his when he needs to get his like if he needs to, if he needs to score he will but he's not a great shooter he never has really been a great jump shooter but he'll he'll get streaky some games and then some games he's off but he's efficient as a scorer and that's what i've always appreciated like he'll shoot in the 40 sometimes 50 percent throughout the whole season and people don't understand as a basketball player to average in the mid 40s percentile range for for scoring that is super, super efficient. That is unbelievably yeah. efficient. You're literally hitting almost every other basket that you take, which is unheard of. And then he scored 20 plus a game. I mean, and then he's obviously dishing and getting his teammates involved as well. I, I just think players like that. That's where Westbrook kind of, I, I've separated the people like Jay Kidd and Nash and, and LeBron from like the Westbrooks because Westbrook's not efficient. He's like the exact opposite of that. And he, he's a volume scorer. And you know, rest in peace again, Kobe, but he wasn't efficient. There's was a lot of times where he was like eight for 28. You know, I mean, that's not efficient. That's putting that's that's 20 possessions that your team doesn't have for like a bucket. Exactly. You know what I mean? So that's exactly. tough. But, you know, AJ, you've got a lot of experience in basketball and sports in general. Obviously, like just hearing you talk about it, it's, it's so cool. I, I, this is I geek out about this kind of stuff. But, you know, you're from Oregon. Now you're in, in Idaho. We just talked about how I kind of came in contact with you on your social media feed. You're c covering the Southern Idaho Conference with basketball. Like kind of all these athletes, you're around a lot of these uh, young um, basketball players, what brought you to Idaho? And first off, before we even get to that, what is EBC? So what brought you to Idaho? And then how did you get involved <laughs> with EBC? And, and how did we land here? Oh, man. So EBC, man. So I, uh, so my wife is from here. Okay. Uh, we were, we were living in Bend, Oregon for a little, Bend is like in between Portland and Boise. Right. And we kind of wanted to be away from our families, do our own thing. And then we, when we start having kids, we're like, let's go be around family, get a little help. So we moved out here. Um, such a safe, great place to live. I'm a real estate agent. So the market was, you know, starting to sizzle a little bit. Now, obviously, it's the hottest place to move in the country. But uh, so we came out here. Uh, we were able to buy a house out here and, you know, quality of life and all that. So we got settled here. And um, I had started a club up in Bend, Oregon. I did, I did it for one year, started a club out there, coached some high school basketball out there at Mountain View High School. We were one of the best teams in the state out there. Uh, 4A, that's when it went up to 5A. And so I got uh, I got plugged in there. Then we moved out here, started having kids and stuff. I, was, I wasn't really thinking about coaching. Um, I was just trying to get my real estate career off the ground. Obviously, I'm not from here. You know, you got to start networking and whatnot. So my wife got plugged in over at Eagle High School uh, coaching uh, JV volleyball. And so that's what she's doing right now. She's been doing that since we moved out here. And so once she got going, I was like, man, I, I think I kind of want to get back into it. I want to start to get to know people. I thought it would help with my real estate business, give me a way to network, kind of get myself out there. Um, and with my personality, I was confident that that was going to be able to happen. And so I ended up getting plugged in over at Eagle High School uh, coaching their freshman team. They wanted to start a freshman team. They didn't have anybody to coach it. So I reached out just in time. I uh, got hired out there. And um, after my first year, they brought me up to varsity. And um, actually, when I was coaching the freshman team, they asked me, hey, we want to start to implement uh, Eagle Basketball Club. Uh, Madison does it back east where they right. have a, a Madison club team that essentially are all kids going to Madison and it, it helps the chemistry and all that type of stuff. And so Eagle wanted to do that. And the former coach uh, wanted to do that. 
And he asked me, hey, we need somebody to be the face of it. We need somebody to run it. You said you have experience. You just came from Bend. You did it there. Will you start this for Eagle? I said, let's do it. Absolutely. I'm excited about it. I got, you know, I got family members who are moved out here who are coaches as well. I'm going to get them plugged in. Um, let's, let's do this. So we started to build it. First year, we had three teams. And then we went to nine teams. Uh, I don't know what three teams for the first two years. And then we had got all the way up to nine teams. And, um, and then the previous coach ended up dealing with his situation. He, he, he was no longer there. And when the new coach came in, um, huge difference in philosophy. I'm more new school. I'm the type of coach. that's like, Hey, if you're open and you don't shoot a three, I'm taking you at the game because you don't have the confidence. You got to find the confidence, shoot an open shot. That's what, that's what I preach. We try to instill self-belief in these kids. And mainly because when you get to the real world, as, as I'm sure, you know, if you don't have any self-belief or confidence in yourself, good luck, man. Good luck. Good luck being successful. Like you've got to believe in yourself. I think that's number one. And so anyway, I'm kind of more new school. And the new coach that came in, actually, he ended up showing up last year, three years after I had been running everything. And we, the club was starting to be real successful. Um, you know, the, the current junior class there is absolutely loaded. That's the, that's the group we started with. Um, we're really excited about them. The new coach came in and, and he was more old school military style. Uh, he used to be at Meridian, actually. Um, and we had coached together and just didn't really see eye to eye on our style. And uh, I was more relationship based and he's more like, hey, and especially with everything that had happened there, we can't we got to be careful with the relationship aspect of it. And I said, hey, man, it's just not me. And so he, he wanted me to no longer be a part of that club. And I was like, well, you know, I've, I've built the club. This, this is my thing. Cody Pickett, the plan was to have Cody Pickett come in the next year, which is this year. Me and Cody were in contact. I started talking to him. Hey, I know you're going to be here next year. I'll start implementing your stuff and whatever. But a lot happened behind the scenes over there at Eagle. Not going to get too much into it. I'm not a political guy. I'm not, I don't play the politics, you know. I do things differently. I'm from, I'm an inner city kid from Portland. Um, I wasn't about a lot of the things that started to happen um, last year. And so it got to the point where I don't want to say I stepped away. I feel like I was more ran out. Um, and, and that's just me being honest. And that's fine. Uh, everything happens the way it's supposed to. But so I, I was very close to getting that job last year. I was, I thought I had it. I heard from multiple people that, Hey, you're going to be the, the one-year interim coach until Cody Pickett's done here with the girls. And Cody and I had already talked. I was going to just kind of get everything set up how he wanted and just get it ready for him to come in. And they had a great team last year with Tanner Hayhurst and Jaden Carter and Jordan Kemp and, and all these guys. And so, and I had, th those are guys that I, I, when I started, they were freshmen, right? Right. So I've grown with them, coached them since they were sophomores, juniors. And so I was excited about it. Didn't play out that way. A lot of other things went on and they had to, you know, they had to make the decision they made, make the safe, uh, safe decision. And so, and after that decision was made, things kind of unraveled. Um, and, and so I ended up just, I kind of got ran out, but I, I, I made the decision like, this is, I'm, I'm stepping away. I'm just going to make this easy and we'll take EBC, which was Eagle basketball club originally and which a lot of people don't know and i'm gonna just do my own thing club wise and i'm not gonna coach high school basketball because i i'm not dealing with that uh all that type of stuff again 
And so I, st- I changed the E to Elevate. Um, and it took me a while to decide what I, because I didn't want to change it too much. Um, but the E to Elevate, you know, we're here to elevate kids' experiences, their games, um, all, all that type of stuff. We love what the word elevate uh, means. We looked it up in the dictionary and, and we were like, that's perfect. That's, that's what we're about. Um, and so we changed it to that. And honestly, I just, I started going to games last year, like at the start of the year. I remember I was at the Skyview Meridian game. I, my, my brother-in-law's little brother played for Skyview. My cousin, Chad Delaney, is one of the varsity assistants at Meridian. And so I went and caught that game and just pulled my phone out. I'm like, I'm going to get some highlights for these guys because I know some of the players. Uh, my brother-in-law's little brother's playing. I'll shoot him some highlights. And then I just started posting on our club page, our EBC club page um, that we had already had. Um, but it was, but I kind of, it was, I think we had EBC, our club page, and then I kind of tweaked it a little bit. And then I just started posting on there. And honestly, it kind of just grew legs and took off. And I just kept going to games, getting highlights. I was getting great feedback from students and parents and athletes. And I was like, hey, listen, if I'm going to be going to games and I have the ability to, you know, help these kids get some exposure and get their names out there and feel good about themselves. And it was just a, a positive, encouraging platform for me to just kind of, you know, do what I'm about. And that's just show people love, man, and and have fun. And so I just grew and grew and grew. Coach Sainer over at Meridian saw what was going on early on. And he's like, you want, you want some all access? Come check out the practices. What do you need to help build this page and, and, and you know, help people get interested in, in our conference and these kids? And so it just kind of grew. And I had help, you know, from there. A few other coach Nettleton helped me out over at Mountain View, um, you know, coach Offerspot, you know, over at Centennial. These guys, you know, did what they could, gave me access to some of their players. Um, they were real cool with me being at the games, you know. And whatnot, getting you know close-ups and all that type of stuff. So uh, it was fun, man, and it, it was fun for me. And you know, people, I start, I, I made a couple sweatshirts, and people were like, "Hey, like I want one, I want one." And that kind of grew. And now we're doing sweats and shorts, uh, sweat shorts, and and just having fun with it. And it, yeah. and you know, we we aren't charging up to Wazoo for it, but you know, there's a cost for it. But we're just trying to get the brand out there and and just trying to put, you know, a positive, uplifting, encourage, uh, encouraging kind of feel with EBC and just continue to grow and get ideas and, and build it. And, and, uh, and yeah, it's been fun, man. And that's kind of, that's how we are where we are. It came out of nowhere. I just started, I'm a basketball fanatic and, uh, and I'm a relationship guy and I've coached these, uh, all these Eagle kids. I'm still extremely close with uh, a lot of them don't play for me anymore because Cody, and those guys over at Eagle started Mustang Basketball Club. And so uh, they kind of restarted their thing over there. And I support that. And I tell all my Eagle guys, Cody Pickett's running this thing. I highly recommend you go over there and you do what Cody Pickett wants you to do. Because in my opinion, he's one of the best coaches in the state. I would hold hands down. I think we're going to see that this year. Um, but, yeah, man, that's kind of how it happens. And uh, it was sad. It was, it was a really sad situation for me. And it was difficult for me. Because I'm very caring, very emotional, uh, very transparent, forward guy with my feelings and whatnot, and uh, and it was very difficult time for me. But uh, so much good has come from it, and it happened the way it was supposed to happen. And I still support Eagle. My wife still coaches there. I love the kid. I love what Cody's doing, and no hard feelings. All is forgiven, um, and hopefully, you know, 
it's it's mutual but yeah man so it's a tough situation but turned into something beautiful so dude that is insane just like hearing the whole story i had no idea uh that it started with the eagle basketball couple see that's what i'm saying that's why i wanted to have you on the show kind of talking about the the history of, of it all and it's interesting you, you, you name dropped a couple guys uh cody was on my show talking about his nfl experience as well as his high school basketball coaching experience um coach jeff saner was on the show his son was on the show uh we've had a couple guys on the show um from like Meridian as well, just kind of talking about their stuff. And it's just weird. Cause now your name dropping them. And I, and I understand why though, cause you've had the connections with everyone guys. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, I think it's at EBC basketball, right? Like, is this, is this the correct one AJ here on the screen? Is that your Instagram handle? That's correct. Yes, sir. Okay. Go follow EBC basketball. It's EBC underscore basketball. So go, go find this on Instagram guys and make sure to check this out because what you're talking about, it gained so much momentum. That's how I came across it. I remember AJ, I was like, I was sitting there, going through Instagram and I saw your stuff come up on, on Instagram on the stories. And I'm like, dude, he's like tagging players and I'm seeing like in-depth stuff. So I've also had Paul Kingsbury who runs IdahoSports.com, But unfortunately the SIC has a couple of like things in place to like limit what Idaho sports could even do for coverage. Right. So it's like, you couldn't get anything um, for, for any information. But last year I was just following your stuff. Every single game I'm, I'm paying attention. I'm a Meridian alum. So I like to kind of follow what they're doing over there. You know, and they finally made the state tournament for the first time last year since when I was a senior in high school. So it was kind of a cool moment for me. But I felt like I knew the teams. I felt like I knew the players because you're always posting, you're tagging these players. And that's good for these these young guys. It's good to get their names out there. It gives them confidence, gives them a little bit of a boost, and it gives them the exposure that they deserve, in my opinion, especially in Idaho. I mean, the, this conference doesn't get enough exposure, and it's highly unfortunate with the the, the news outlets, the, the sports outlets that we have available. They don't give them the exposure I feel they deserve you have done that and you have the relationship aspect to it as well. Like it's, it's gained a ton of momentum um, in the last year. And, and here's the thing though, like what I love about what you're doing is like you're, you've become kind of like the main stop for a lot of us fans of, it's not just, I don't have a kid in school right now. I'm only 32. I got a four year old and a, and a newborn, but I, I enjoy following high school basketball and high school athletics period. But I'm getting my news information from you first, which is crazy. Like I go to you for my, my news. <laughs> And we're talking about like right now, as, as we're recording this, the coronavirus is, has hit. It's it's caused a lot of little bit of hiccups here and there amongst everybody um, in all the globe and everything and, and whatnot. But the SIC for basketball has been changed up a little bit, too. I would like to touch base on that a little bit, AJ, and what, what you know so far. I mean, everything's changing. It's evolving daily as far as like what's the information. But, you know, could you talk to us about that and how you feel that impacts the players um, in regards to the changes that have been made before the season starts? Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's been a really tough situation. Um, man, I've had so many parents and players and fans DMing me, you know, asking me, hey, what's going to go on? Is this going to happen? Is this going to happen? Um, and I and to touch on what you just said, I, I'm I'm very blessed to have the relationships I have because I've got lots of coaches um, and administrators even emailing me, texting me. Hey, here's what's going on. Just so you know, like feeding me this information to be able to That's feed awesome. everybody. Yeah, which has also been good because a lot of times I get information and I'll, you know, I'll spit it out on here. And then, you know, someone may, you know, have to reach out and be like, hey, this is actually what's happening. So, you know, we don't want, you know, a negative vibe towards us because whatever. So it's it's really cool kind of what's developed there. But uh, from a coronavirus standpoint, yeah, man, I mean, essentially the the SIC that you're the 5A SIC. Uh, the, these guys get 15 games 
which is a little over half a season. And as I said on my last video on my page, that's about when teams start to, you know, figure out who they are uh -huh. and hit their stride and, and mature a little bit. And we're talking like after 15 games, now if you, you lose, you go home. I, that's For me, that's difficult. Um, you know, I believe, I got to be careful with this, but I believe it's very political. Um, the teams up north and the teams back east, are, I found out yesterday that they're starting on time. And I'm just like, wait a minute, what? And so I found out at, at the meeting they had the IHSAA last week, um, all the people in charge or whatever, they, they decided, hey, each conference is their own. Decide what you want to do. And I just, for me, man, th that can just cause too many more problems. And I think that's what it's going to end up doing. Um, but those teams are starting on time. SIC starting two weeks later. And then, I mean, if you look at tryouts, November 30th and December 1st, I think that's Friday, Saturday. And then December 2nd is a Sunday. And then you've got December 3rd through December 10th is how long you're going to have to practice, five, six practices. And then you're going to start playing games. And you've got all these kids coming over from football having to get in basketball shape, that's how kids get hurt, uh, you know, but I'm not going to get too much into that, but the coronavirus is, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's very political. I think the politics in Boise are much different than they are all over the rest of the state. And we've seen that if you watch the election, like I said, you can see where, you know, the different politics are. And, you know, from what I heard that the CDH needed to be appeased. And if they didn't get something, they were going to shut it down. And so, you know, shout out to guys like Jason War, who's the West Data District AD and guys like that who did what they had to do to get the kids some games. And they're the ones that are probably taking the biggest lashing. And, and I, I was coming at them a little bit at first, like, hey, what are we doing? But I got, the, I got my information uh, straightened out. And they're the ones that essentially saved us to just be able to even have somewhat of a season. But right. then you look at the East and the North and you're like, but they're doing a full season. And then I found out, I told you as we were talking before we started the show, I just found out minutes before I got on here with you, three, four minutes before I got on via text, that the 4ASIC is actually able to have a preseason and a full season, a full schedule. When originally... Uh, what I was hearing from all the ADs and all, all the people in charge were, no, 5A and 4A SIC are only playing conference games, only playing 15 games, and then we go district and state tournament. Well, you know, I haven't posted on my page yet. I'm going to do that right after I'm done with you uh, and let everybody know that the 4A is able to do something different than the 5A. It, there's going to be problems. There will be problems. I mean, I was talking to multiple coaches in the 5A, and they're like, no, the 4A – they're doing the same thing we're doing. There's no way that they're going to be able to do that. And we can't, and we're all in the same place. Yeah. But that's, that's what's about, that's what's about to happen. And so the coronavirus for me, obviously, I'm not going to get into how I necessarily feel about it, but I, I'll say this at this point, I feel like it should be a matter of choice. I think we all understand the risks. Uh, we're at where we're at with it. And I think parents and, you know, coaches, I guess, and the players, they have to make that decision. Um, do they want to take that risk or not? Because the fact of the matter is, man, my opinion is every day we get out of bed and we walk outside, there's risks. There's going to be risks. And I understand this is a little bit different because of how contagious and how rampant this is. But man, it's the kids are the ones paying for it right now because, we, because we're so indecisive and we're so divided. And like I said on, on my page, 
I just feel like what's happening here with the decision making on uh, high school basketball is just a reflection of what's going on in this country. We can't get on the same page. We just can't get on the same page, and 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 it's sad. And in this case, these players are going to pay for it. And there are so many good players that have improved significantly this summer. And in the five A SIC, that fifteen games, man, it just it's tough because the more the better when it comes to you know getting recruited and and your numbers. And now you've got to play great every game to feel like you're your statistics are going to be where they need to be, which puts more pressure on kids. And, and I, I actually read an article that was put out. I think it was the university of Wisconsin. I did a study on how this whole thing is affecting uh, the mental of, of these kids, these high school kids, like, you know, taking away the athletics and having them have to be inside. And it's not good. It's not right. good. I'm going to post it on my page soon. Uh, the link for people to be able to check out, but it's not good. Uh, for kids' mental health, um, their physical health, all these different things. And I just hope we get it figured out, man. And hopefully this election ends and it uh, takes a hit uh, on the coronavirus. And it, it, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, I don't want to get too much into that. But it's definitely affected things negatively. But better safe than sorry at the same time. But to each their own. Totally, man. And, and I, what I respect about your your answer there is it comes down to choice. I mean, it, you see it in all sports, even at the next level of like uh, college football, for example. It was similar to that. Like one conference can play, but the next conference can't. Um, they're all making their own decisions, but the NCAA has no say in it all, apparently. So what is the NCAA's job? There was a lot of question marks, and it was taking away these, these athletes' ability to choose whether or not they wanted to play. They had the option to opt out, let them, let them decide for themselves. And like you were talking about, what I what – I, have a hard time with you know it's obviously this thing is real but you know you got to let people you got to let, let people make their decisions and for athletes especially young athletes that were like me for example I didn't start on varsity all four years I, I got on varsity my senior year and that's when I I was a late bloomer too I graduated when I was 17 but I didn't actually come into my full form of basketball till I was 21 and but when I was 17 I led the SIC in three-point percentage in the 5A uh shot 47% from the three-point line I was great then but like I needed that time to develop I'm I was trying to put myself in their position if it was between my junior and senior year where I made the biggest gap like physically I put on 20 pounds I felt good athletically but it took me a while I needed to develop I wasn't ready for that game yet and if they were to tell me right before my senior year when we were all ready to like that was finally like when all of our guys were together at Meridian that we had played with in middle school and stuff. Finally, all of us are on the same page. We all took different journeys, JV, varsity, freshman, soft, whatever. Finally made it to varsity our senior years. We're all together. If they would have told me like we can't play or we're only playing half a season, I would have been devastated because it took me a while. That was the year I was actually going to be able to play and I was going to be able to make an impact on the varsity level. And there are a lot of kids like that. They take, you know, they take a different journey. They're not on varsity every single year. So this is their opportunity to get in front of scouts. This is their opportunity to take their game to the next level, to elevate their game, if you will. And it, it really makes me sad on their behalf because their decisions are being made for them. They don't get to make the choice. Right. And ultimately exactly. it comes down to them and their parents. If they're not 18, you know, they, they, but at the same time, that, that choice is being removed. And it, it's really sad to see, especially at the high school level, but I am glad I will say this to put it like a positive twist on it. I am glad they get to play. Um, Cause I was, after talking to Jeff Sainer, man, like I was stoked for Meridian coming into this season. I'm like, yes. Okay. So let's see if they can kind of kick the curve, like just move, keep the momentum rolling. And when they were talking about potentially canceling the whole thing, I was like, oh my gosh, you've got to be kidding me. But at least they get to play. And I'm, I'm hoping that will be, you know, and like you said, things will happen in the next week or two. And 
we'll see if things kind of change in, in the narratives that are being spoken about uh, around the globe, um, especially here in the, in the Valley. Now, as we wrap up, AJ, I, you know, this year's going to be kind of weird, right? It's a, it's an odd year, but based on the, the the kids that you follow, the guys that you know, all the relationships you've built, name for me three sleepers that we should keep an eye on across the the SIC for basketball this year um, that maybe people don't know. Just like talk about some three sleepers that you know of that we can uh, name drop here. Uh, are you asking players or teams? Ooh, let's okay. We'll I'm going to say players first. Maybe we'll talk about teams later, but let's let's say players real right. quick. Three sleepers that are all players. Right. Um, so I, I don't know how much of a sleeper he is, but Sean Austin, who, uh, for CUNA, their point guard, CUNA was 4A last year. They're uh, jumping back up to 5A. Um, he's a division one quarterback. He's going to Montana state. Um, he's, he's going to jump on the scene in, in the SIC. People who watched the SIC last year aren't going to know much about CUNA. This kid is an absolute bucket. He can play, man. He can get up and down. Uh, he can facilitate, he can pop off for 30 uh, or he can drop 10 dimes. The CUNA is a type. And I, I talked to some coaches at the 4A level, uh, Coach Harrington over at Middleton. Middleton is going to be one of the top three teams in Idaho this year. Uh, lucky for the SIC, the 5A SIC teams that they're 4A. But I talked to him and uh, tried to get some information about CUNA. And he said, dude, look out for CUNA, the way they're coached. And Sean Austin is the type of kid that if you have a kid like that on your team, you can beat anybody any night if, if, if he's feeling himself. So Sean Austin, I'd say, would, would be the first one. Um, Rafi Labrador from Eagle. Uh, Rafi Labrador is – he's one of the highest IQ, best passers in the entire in the entire state of Idaho. He, uh, last year, Eagle, um, they had a hole at the point guard position. They had, they had, they had a bunch of athletes, a uh, couple all-state track kids, not, not, you know, pure basketball players. This kid sat on the bench the entire year. And he, uh, two games, I remember he got 14 minutes, one game and 15, another game. And in both those games, he had nine assists in both games. Um, and they needed another playmaker to go along with Tanner Hayhurst guys that could make play for other guys. Right. And so he sat on the bench last year was absolutely mind blowing to me. Devastating. If he's on that team and he's their starting point guard and he gets implemented the way I thought he should have, I think Eagle won state last year. Um, if they didn't have to run into Rocky mountain, because I think if Eagle would have beat Bora in the semis, I think Eagle would have. Uh, potentially beaten post falls in the state championship and they still had a hole at the point guard position offensively and so this kid's going to come in um, he's going to be eagles guy you know cody's going to love him he's going to love cody pickett um he's a, you know he was he was a club kid for me i coached him at eagle he is he is not very well known but he is going to be this kid is, is uh is getting some division three looks some division two looks uh, coaches reaching out to me about him that saw him play this summer. Uh, he's very high IQ, very smart kid, can really shoot it. Physical guard, you know, about six two guard. Going to the basket, he's real tough to stop, but great passer. Just a phenomenal passer. And uh, Eagle has Eagle has a team that once they uh, get comfortable with Cody, uh, they've got such high IQ guys, such smart kids over there that once it clicks with them and Cody this year, Eagles a team that could go in a state championship this year if uh, if they put it together in time. I think the shorter season hurts them a little bit, but I know who Cody Pickett is, and I know that I'm not I do not want to face a Cody Pickett team when it matters. I'll tell you that. And and he's got the guys around him who are mostly my club guys and the guys I've coached for the last three, four years. I coached them all this summer who um, are gonna buy in and uh, Labrador is going to be 
he's going to be leading that that charge, and he is going to be, I think, a first team All Conference guy uh, potentially. And then lastly, um, let's see who I'm going to go with. I think Ethan Pierce. Ethan Pierce is a kid at Meridian who's going to come off the bench. Meridian is the best team in the state, Idaho. Um, I want them to prove it for me. I've got Post Falls winning it this year, but I think Meridian is the most loaded team. I want Meridian to win it. I've got family connections there. I've got friendships there. But Meridian's got, you know, their top six, seven guys are top of the six, probably six, seven of the top 15 players in the SIC. And then they've got this, this uh, incoming junior, Ethan Pierce, whose brother Jordan was on the team last year. Ethan Pierce is going to come off the bench for them. He's a six, seven wing. And his defensive IQ may be the highest in the entire in the entire SIC. He's he's not a big, slow, you know, six seven type clunker down low. He plays on the wing. He's a slasher, but defensively, he is maybe one of the top three defensive players in the entire SIC. And I think Meridian's got six of the top eight defensive players in the entire SIC. Sainer doesn't talk defense. He doesn't do de- defense. He'll, he, he laughed at me when I started talking about this and he hit me up and said, what are you doing talking defense in Meridian? But <laughs> fact of the matter is, you know, McKay Anderson, Jason Fisher, Davis Thacker, Joe Poyo, they got 6'10", Roberry down low. Um, and then they got Ethan Pierce. Those six guys are probably six of the top eight defenders in the entire SIC. And Ethan Pierce, nobody knows about because they're so loaded up front. He's going to come off the bench and make a huge difference for them. Um, his weak side defense, like I said, his defensive IQ um, is is not – it's just not something I've seen from a kid his size uh, in the SIC um, or around this area. But so uh, that's the name probably not, not a lot of people would expect. He's not going to come average 10, 12 points a game. He, he could be a four to six point a game guy. But the impact he's going to make off the bench defensively and getting up and down the floor with his athleticism at six seven, he's going to be a kid to watch. He's going to be—he's the type of kid that I would look at as a college coach and be like, "This kid can do some things." Um, and I think you know, offensively, he's not going to have to do anything this year. He's just going to—he's just going to be able to get up and down the floor. Plays are going to be made for him because of these other guys they got. But uh, you're a Meridian guy, so I want to throw a Meridian guy in there. And Ethan Pierce is a kid I'm excited about, and uh, I'm excited to see develop. I love hearing that, man. I it's funny you talk about length. Like Meridian's got a lot of length. There's a lot of kids these days have a lot of length. I look at a lot of these teams, if Rocky Mountain for crying out loud. I was looking at some of their players the last like three, four years. I'm like, what is in the water over there? Because like these kids are like six, 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 seven. Even their bench players, like two years ago at the state state tournament, they were um introducing the bench players, right? The guys coming off the bench and every one of them was like six, four, six, five. I'm like, what is happening over there? That used to be Eagle High when I was when I was in high school. Eagle High was yeah. all the big kids. But uh, anyways, my, my point with that is, is I remember one time at basketball practice, I was a junior at the time, our varsity coach had us all standing there and we were getting lazy on defense as a whole entire unit, like a, both like JV all the way from freshman up to, to varsity. We were being pretty lazy with our communication on defense and having our hands out like the typical, like old school, everybody should have their hands out when you're, especially when you're playing a zone. And I remember him like showing us, we had a couple tall guys on the team and he goes, look at everybody with their hands down you know, and what the passing lanes look like. And then he said, we were in a two, three zone and we had us all stand back and he goes, everybody put your arms out. Just simply put your (laughs) arms out and look at the difference between the passing lanes. Well, when you have a six, seven guy and maybe a six, five guy and their wingspans, well now over at Meridian, you're looking at like a six, 10 and a six, seven, like anybody just, they're putting their arms out. The passing lanes immediately 
uh, go down. And yeah. it's super, super, you're, you realized it, then you're like, oh, and all it is is putting your arms out. Simple concept yeah. on, on defense, not, right? Not being, not being lazy, not being tired. Just put your hands up. Dude, exactly. Just put your, see, athletes know what I'm talking about, though, because sometimes you need to put you just need a breath for a second. For some reason, you're just like, hold on. OK, we're good. But uh, yeah, that's crazy. That's good. Good insight to hear, because not a lot of people know that. So you mentioned you have post balls winning at AJ, uh, but you do think Meridian could be the best team in the state. They just got to prove it and put something together um, outside of them. Tell me the next team up at the 5A level in the SIC, you got Meridian Post Falls, but what's the next team up that you think could actually make an impact and try to make a run at the state championship? So in the SIC, uh, I'm going to say Lake City up north. They start four sophomores and senior. Their senior is going to end up being a Division three or an NAIA uh, Division one guy. So Lake City is young but loaded. They made it to the tournament last year. They're going to be super fun to watch. They're coming down here to play in the Middleton tournament along with Post Falls. Um, really excited about that. I'll post that schedule here soon, but, um, I'm going to have to say, even though one of the best players in the state, uh, Jaden Hansen went out Rocky mountain, like you were saying, the athletes they have, the shooters they have, they're just different physically. They believe they're supposed to win every game and they phys- they're a different type of physical, physical out here than, than you see. I think Meridian can match it, uh, cause the type of players they got. But Rocky is always the most physical team in the league. And Idaho and, you know, certain teams in the SIC are known for being soft. I know Eagle has always had that, hey, you're soft. Cody's not going to let that happen. So I'm going to say Rocky or Eagle. Um, there is, the SIC is going to be so crazy balanced. Now that Jaden Hansen is out for the year, uh, which is devastating, because I thought it was going to be Meridian Rocky. I thought, I thought Rocky was a team that was going to give Meridian, you know, fits. But now that Jaden Hansen, their best player, three-year starter, state champion when he was a freshman, now that he's out, uh, I think that separates Meridian and Rocky a little bit. And now I think Rocky's a little bit closer to Eagle, CUNA, uh, Mountain View, Boise Centennial, all those teams, you know, Timberline. Like, I think two through nine is you have no idea who's going to end up where. Um, it's going to be absolutely chaos. It's going to be so much fun. It's going to be tough to predict for me this year. But, you know, Boros defending back-to-back state champs. They got guys back. They, the Bergeson kid is getting better and better and better. And so there's all these teams I can name that I'm excited about. Uh, you know, they've all got their strengths. They've got their, all got their weaknesses. But it's who's going to have – you know, I, I'm hearing about a couple transfers at different places. How good are they going to be? But ultimately, Rocky Mountain, because of their mindset, because of their physicality, I think it's the next team up in the FIC until somebody else proves that wrong. I just think Meridian's too good. They're too loaded this year. Um, they're they're so just at every position, and they got guys off the bench. Uh, but then I think it's Rocky, and then I think Eagles. You know, the gap is closed because Jaden Hansen is no longer there, and because I'm such a believer in Cody Pickett, I think Mountain View has a chance to be very good. They've got some chemistry issues they have to deal with, but I think Lake City, I would say, is the next team in the state that has a chance to win a state championship, and then I would go Rocky Eagle probably. Man, it's crazy to hear it. You're talking about the SIC. That's what it was like when I was in high school, my senior year, the SIC from top to bottom. I mean, you had at the time Mountain View. That's when like we had uh, Scott Thompson, uh, Tyler yeah. Shoemaker, some of those guys that, at, at Mountain View that ended up playing the, the next level for whichever sport. And uh, But then the rest of us down here, like for two through eight, nine, it was like a crapshoot, man. Like everybody was competitive. And that was what was kind of cool about it. I mean, heck, we almost got upset by, you know, Boise was winless that year in the in the league play. 
but they still competed with that, which sucked. It took a three pointer at the buzzer for us to win in districts. Otherwise we would have been out. So, I mean, it was almost a, the worst upset ever. Cause we would have gone home, never had a chance to go to state, but it's just crazy. I love that kind of basketball though. Uh, Rocky, I've got a, uh, my best friend's little brother, Spencer Morehouse uh, plays yeah. for them. And, and I've just watched Spencer kind of through his development as well just seeing how much better he's gotten. I've, he came with us for a city league basketball game last year. And just like the development he's shown even since then, but even at that time, I'm like, dang, Spencer's like, he's got some skill. He's got some, he's got the Euro step. He's got a lot of like, he's skinnier, but yeah. he's physical. He's stronger. And just seeing him since then, even I'm like, dang, he's good. Like Rocky's got some athletes. They just have to get the confidence built up in the chemistry now that they lost their top guy. But like, like you said, it's going to be exciting, man. Um, and I, I, I encourage everybody who listens to this to go follow Coach AJ. Go follow EBC Basketball. I put it up here. We'll put it one more time. EBC Basketball on Instagram. Go follow him and see what he's doing because he's giving you guys insight to what's going on in the exciting Southern Idaho Conference. Um, regardless of the coronavirus or whatever, basketball is still on in some capacity, and we should be thankful for it because the kids get a chance to play. So, AJ, I appreciate you joining me, man, and, and sharing your insight. And hopefully we can do it again sometime, man. You're you're awesome. And just thank you so much for joining the show. Dude, I appreciate it. Let's definitely do it again. I, I like hanging out and just chatting with you, man. You know what you're talking about. Love your show and, and keep killing it, man. Love what you do for us out here, too. Yeah, I appreciate you, man. For all the listeners out there, make sure to follow him and make sure you subscribe to the podcast as well. Make sure to leave me a five-star review on Apple if you get an opportunity. We'll be coming to you next week with another interview. Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars and leave me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support.